You're watching the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates' Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now here's today's lesson. Well, hello and thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Martin and I just like to uh, share with you uh, uh, my life and my experience with jail ministry. Uh, jail ministry holds a very dear place in, in my heart and, and in the lives of my family, my wife and my, my daughters and, and all of my friends. And so uh, one of the things that I, I love about jail ministry is not only that I've been working with them for the last 21 years come February, February the 1st, but also that because of jail ministry, Jesus acts in inmates' lives, uh, I am the person that I am today. And I am just so grateful and so thankful to, to God and, and to our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so as we go through the lesson today, one of the things that I would like to be pointing out is Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And that is that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and understand that we are called according to his purpose and not so much as ours. And so uh, when I when I came into the knowledge of uh, jail ministry, it was uh, in the typical way. And that was because I was uh, incarcerated, not for the first time, not for the second time. But I had lost count of how many times that I had been locked up. I tell people I do know for sure that I had two DWIs and I went to prison twice. So that's at least four times, not counting all the other times that I was incarcerated. But there was something different about the incarceration that I had in, in 1993. Uh, in 1993, uh, April the 11th, I was incarcerated for attempted murder and aggravated robbery and had a $150,000 bond and, and I was guilty. Not, not that it was anything new, I was always guilty of any crime that I did. Uh, but the first time I went to prison in 1980, I got out in 81 and did good. I lived down my first parole in six and a half years. And, and yet 12 years later, here I was finding myself back incarcerated. But at the time when I got locked up in 93, uh, Chaplain Harold Ellis had started this ministry called, called Jesus Acts in Inmates Lives. And, and like the typical person who's ever been incarcerated before, we kind of know how to do time. And that's the way it was with me. Except God has a way of changing a personal life. God has a way of interrupting our lives to, the, to bring forth his glory and to really and truly allow us to experience uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 and 11, uh, his thoughts and his plans and giving us a hope and an in a, in a expected end. And so that's what happened to me in 93. Uh, while I was incarcerated in Bell County, uh, on a Thursday night, uh, a soldier came up. And we have this ministry called Cell Block Evangelism at that time. And this soldier came up to uh, 308 where I was incarcerated at. And God had arranged it to where I was right next to the bars where the volunteers would come in at. And so when they opened the cells up that night so that we can go out and hear this minister come in and share uh, the love of God, I refused to come out and everybody was telling me, he says, hey, Martin, come out, man, and hear this guy. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that, man. You know, that's for weak people. 
And make a long story short, I, I decided I would go out there and disrupt this guy's uh, class because he was talking about how much God loves us and, and God had uh, shown his love and, and all you had to do was do this and do that. So I went out and just made a, a mockery of everything that he was saying and all the guys was laughing at me and stuff because I was making a mockery of him. But this guy asked me a question that changed my whole life and, and that question he asked me was, if I died, would I go to heaven or go to hell? And of course I said, I would go to hell, so what? And this young man told me something that I believe with all of my heart was a seed that God allowed him to have to plant in Jonah Martin's life. And that was, he told me that I didn't have to go to hell, but that I could spend eternity with God in heaven if I would believe on his son, Jesus Christ. And, and that night I prayed and with all the other guys, it was seven other guys in that tank with me. And I prayed to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank God for saving me. And I'm just gonna be honest with you. Did nothing change in my life. In my mind and in my heart, I was still the same old person, still had the same filthy communication and all of those things. Uh, so as we go into this lesson, as I share with you bits and pieces of my testimony, uh, the, the verses that I love to start off with is first Hosea chapter four and verse six that says that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And, and I'm just taking that that part out right now. My people, God said, are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Not because of all the other things that we participate in, but because we really and truly lack the knowledge of who God is, who Jesus the Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is, and what their role is in our lives. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of you that are tuning in, you study your word, you read your word, and that's the reason why you're tuning in today, because you really and truly want to uh, fulfill what Peter says in 2 Peter 3.18. You want to know how to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus. And so Revelation 12.11 say, and they overcame him, talking about Satan, it says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So there is only one way that we can overcome Satan or the devil. Satan is, is an opposer. The devil is one that divides. And they have different MOs, different roles that they play in our lives. A lot of times we just lump them together. And I believe that's the reason why we have certain things that belongs to us not being uh, allowed in our lives because we lack the knowledge of it. So in Revelation 12:11 it says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And then it says that in they, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so my testimony is, is all about the blood of the lamb. My testimony is all about Romans 5, 8, that God so loved us and God demonstrated that love by, by the giving of his son while we were yet sinning. And that's where, that's where the love of the love of Christ and the love of God became so real in Jonah Martin's life in, in 1993. I was 34 years old on my way back to prison the second time. Uh, had been high off a of crack for like, man, like 120 days, at least four months I'd been high. And when I got locked up, I had been unconscious for 68 hours before they woke me up and, and charged me with attempted murder and aggravated robbery. And that was one of the worst days in my life because not only had I committed a, a, a serious crime, but I had hurt someone that I, I felt like I loved and I cared about. And yet here I was hurting this individual. 
And and for me, that was not that was nothing abnormal. I've been hurting people all my life, especially myself and people that love me. But it it was something that God did. It was like the fullness of time had come in my life where God was going to take that ugly crime. And it's again, all crime is ugly. But this one was one that really affected me. I have hurt people before, but this one was different. This one I hurt in the context of saying that I love this person. And maybe some of you can relate to that. And it was, it was that that undid me, as Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, when he's talking, he talks about when you have suffered in the flesh, you cease from sin. And, and, and a lot of times when I look back over my life, I had suffered a lot of times in the flesh, but I didn't cease from sinning. I didn't cease from doing wrong things. I just tried to do the wrong things in a better light. Uh, but Peter wrote it and says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his life, his rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And so, again, if we come to that place to where our sin had brought this suffering, then 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 the blood of the lamb comes into play. And when the blood of the lamb comes into play, it it causes us to be overcomers of Satan. There is nothing, you know, we sing that the, there's nothing as powerful as the blood of Christ. You know, Christ's blood cleanses us from all sins. And yet so many of us that profess and call upon the name of Christ, we still have a love relationship with sin and we still participate in it. And Peter says, obviously, you have not suffered enough. And I know that right now, as I'm speaking to some of you, you you can relate to this. You've been professing Christ for years. For years, you've been saying, I'm a Christian, yet you're constantly in and out of trouble. And I'm not questioning whether or not you're saved or not. I'm not going to do that. But Jesus said, you should know them by the fruit that they bear. And, and so one of the things that we have to look at is, is this, that Peter says, if you are going to be associated with Christ, then if Christ suffered in the flesh, then if you and I suffered, then we should not have such a healthy love relationship with sin. Think about it for just a minute as you, wherever you might be listening at. But if you're sitting there and you are incarcerated, I want you to think about it. Uh, how many times have you you've suffered because of bad decisions and and bad actions on your part? How many times you've you've tried to touch the hands of a loved one through the plexiglass or wish you could hug a loved one on a birthday? Or how many times you've gotten that bad news about a loved one have went on to the other side? How many times have you missed a graduation or missed a wedding or missed some big point in a person's life because you was incarcerated and while you are in the moment you suffer, you hate it, you, you turn your face toward the wall and you weep during the night because you don't want people to know because you want to try to act like you're this tough guy. But how many times have you suffered because of your bad decisions, because of sin? Remember, the true essence of sin is one who has the knowledge of the will of God and yet chooses to disobey that revealed will of God. Because by one man's sin, one man's disobedience, sin entered the world. And so that's the same thing with us. So I, the thing that I have to look at is in my own life, 
1993, again, it wasn't my first time being incarcerated, but I have to admit to you, it was the very first time that I suffered because of my crime. I suffered personally. Yes, I hurt that person, but at the same time, I realized the, the gravity of my sin. I, will, I realized for the first time that, that, that the person that Jonah Martin had become was no longer a person that I wanted to be. I did not want to be that individual any longer. And, and yet, here I was. And so when I began to read the Word of God, which was very ironic because there was a guy that was incarcerated with me who gave me my first pocket Bible. And yet him and I used to smoke crack and, and get high together when we was out in the world. And he is the one that gave me my very first Bible and told me, man, you need to read this. And, I, and I'll never forget because I asked him, I said, man, I said, you a Christian? And he says, yeah. I said, but man, we used to do all of these things. Hey, yeah, I know it, man, but we was a Christian. Maybe some of you can relate to that, that thinks that all you have to do is say you're a Christian, but you don't have to produce Christ-like activities or Christ-like behaviors in your life. A lot of people believe that. The seven people that I was in jail with, they all were professed Christians, and yet they had some of the foulest mouths. They didn't mind, uh, they didn't mind playing or stealing trays, and some of you know what I'm talking about. They didn't mind stealing from other inmates, and, and and, and, and yet they all did it under the profession that they were a Christian. And so when I began to read God's word and I began to study God's word, uh, Paul says, how can you believe in him whom you have not heard? And in the book of Romans. And, and so I had to do that. I had to uh, get into the word and read it for myself because, again, I was 34. I wasn't raised in church. I was raised in the bars and cafes. Uh, I was taught how to, to gamble and how to shoot dice and, and how to lie. I mean, my parents taught me all of these things. But so I had to know because if all of these guys that was in, in 308, if all of them was Christians and yet all of them didn't have a problem with stealing and lying and filthy mouths and, and, uh, and, and said that they was a Christian while they was doing all of their crimes, then, man, I mean, I had to look at this here and say, so being a Christian doesn't mean, it means that I don't have to change my life. I can just remain the same person. And even at 34, being biblically illiterate, I knew that that was not the testimony that I wanted to have. Because remember what Revelation 12, 11 say, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Colossians chapter two and verse six say, however you have received Christ, that's how you're going to walk in him. So if you receive the Christ that doesn't have the power to change your life, then that's the way you live your life. But what I found during my incarceration is that most people that profess that profess that they was a Christian, they had no love for the Word of God. They never would pick their Bible up. They never would read. They, they, just, they just had a form of godliness. They would say they were, but they never, ever loved God's Word. How can you love Jesus and not love the Word of Christ? And so I, I had an issue with that. But again, Paul says that we are to study them, you know, and mark those whom you want to follow. Well, I couldn't find no one in there that I wanted to follow because, again, here I was, 34 years old, and for the first time in my life, I wanted to change. I don't know if you can understand that. I did, I did not want Jonah Martin, the one that got incarcerated, I didn't want him walking back out. I did not want him hurting anyone else. You know, 1980, when I first went to prison, I got locked up January the 3rd of 1980. And people say, how do you remember all these dates? Because I just took my firstborn, my son, Dwayne, I just took him home. 
I took him home January the 3rd that morning and that, that afternoon. And i never forget because I said, I'll see him later. I'll be back later. Never thinking that that later would be 18 months later. Because as soon as I left from there, 2.30 2 that afternoon, I was incarcerated for burglary of a habitation. And I wouldn't see my son for 18 months. And, and i never forget how when I got incarcerated, I thought about how and who was going to take care of him, even though I wasn't. And yet that suffering didn't change me because when I got out of prison, I was right back into the game, right back into hustling. But I never picked up the word. I never studied the word. I never tried to change my life. I didn't have a problem with who Jonah Martin was. But 93, I had a problem with him. And in 93, I also had a problem <clears throat> with all the people that's around me. Because if you're saying that you're a Christian and you're incarcerated and you're saying that you was a Christian before you was incarcerated, you was a Christian while you were slinging dope, while you was robbing. Well, I have a major problem because I know how to do all of those things on my own. I want a savior that can save me. I want a savior that can really make a difference in my life. I didn't want to be sitting back up in Bell County Jail in 2003 or 19 or 2001 or 2002 saying, oh, yeah, I accepted Jesus in 93. What you in here for? Oh, I got caught slanging dope or I got caught robbing or I got caught beating this person down. I didn't want that. You know, I don't need Christ's name to do bad. I need Christ to be who he says he can be. And he says in Hebrews 7, 25, that he is able to save us to the uttermost. They who come to God through him. And I came through that blood. And that's the word of my testimony. My, the word of my testimony that gives me the power over drug addiction, alcoholism, all of these things that people said that Jonah Martin was. And yet for the last 28 years, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't participate in any illegal activities. I have not been incarcerated, even though I've been going into the jail for the last 21 years. But uh, at the same time, you're not going to find any of those other traits alive in me, which is Second Corinthians 517. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. And that's what I love sharing with people. I say on my on my bad days out here, all I have to do is be reminded of where I came from, where God found me. That's where Revelation 1211 come in at. That you that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. No one else can overcome. That's no other way for you to overcome. You can only overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony about what that blood have done, how that blood have you and empowered you to be the person that you are today. I stand in wonder and awe each and every day. I was in my house a couple of weeks ago by myself. My family had went off and was doing some shopping or something. And I'm just walking through my house and the, and the Holy Spirit just got on me. And I just started weeping and crying because I was just rejoicing in where God has me at today and where I used to be at. I'm always reminded of God's grace and God's love toward me and where I'm at today and everything that I do and everything that I participate in is to the praise and the glory of him. I can take no credit for anything. It's all by grace through faith. And that is the gift of God. It's not something that we earn. I don't earn the life that I have. I am moved that God could love someone like me and not now. He loved me like that at my worst moment when I was wrestling with what I had done. How could I hurt this person? 
I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but to have a person holding their wounds and looking up at you and begging you not to kill them, that impacted me. Here I was supposed to be this hardened criminal, this mean guy, but I never could get past that. I never could get past that I would hurt someone like that. I've hurt people before, but this is someone I was supposed to love. And the first thing that hit me was, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that just, you can just take another person's life? But here it is, God loving me to the point that he's willing to give his son. His son, Jesus, is willing to give his life for someone like me. And that's what I tell people. I go, man, when I look at my, the word of my testimony, it's all about the blood of Christ. I, 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 I prayed several prayers to accept Jesus Christ. But it was when I got in there and started reading, and it was a, a volunteer by the name of Wendell who's went home to be with the Lord. He said one day in a Bible study, he said, he said, how many of you know that Satan will use the Bible as a sleeping pill? Well, I knew that because when I started trying to read the Bible, I go to sleep. So I said, okay. So I got up and went back into my cell and I would pick that little, little pocket Bible up and I walked back and forth and I made it through Matthew. And you know yourself, if you read the Bagats in Matthew chapter one, you will go to sleep unless the Holy Spirit of God is there. But, 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 but I used to just walk to cell until I read Matthew, then I read Mark. Because see, Paul says, how can you believe in him whom you haven't heard about? I need to know about Jesus because the Jesus that everybody else was showing me around me, I didn't want that Jesus. I didn't have no like for that Jesus. I want a Jesus who can do what he says he can do. I came from the street, so I use a lot of uh, slang from the street. You know, I, I, I don't like bunk dope. I don't want to bunk Jesus. If you're going to save me, then you got to save me to the uttermost. You can't save me just enough to get me out. And yet I go right back to my, my vomit. I go right back to Wallenberg in my mire. You can't, I want a Jesus that can save me and establish me upon that solid rock. And that's my testimony. And that's why I tell people, you can't love yourself so much that you are ashamed to tell people where the blood of the lamb was applied to your life. The blood of the lamb was applied to my life while I was facing attempted murder and aggravated robbery. I never seen my lawyer. I never worried about my lawyer because I have met the one who says that he is able to be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I have met the one that says that he is not a liar. He's not one that would change his mind. Everything that he has said that he would do, he would make it come to pass. So I didn't have to worry about a lawyer. I, ha I have found something that was greater than anything. When I made it through Matthew, Mark, Luke, when I got to John, I'm laying in my bunk in that 308 and I knew that I had to do something with Jesus. I knew that everything that I've been reading about, everything that I've been hearing about, see, that's where we kind of mess up at. We make these quick presentations to people when we really should tell them, like Paul says, read the Gospels, get to know who Jesus is, get to know why he came and what he came for. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, I knew I was lost and I am so grateful and so thankful to God that there are men and women that come in and share the truth of God's love. That's why I love jail ministry. Jesus acts in inmates life because he acted in this inmates life. And I'm going to tell you something else that he shares with me. And that is this, the Holy Spirit must convict you. And when he convicts you, he converts you. And when he does that, guess what? He does it through the word of God. And so I knew I had to deal with Jesus. I can't tell you what I prayed 
1983. But I do know that it all really boiled down to is that I know I have to deal with Jesus. I know Jesus had to be very important to me and I fell in love with him. And then the one thing that I know is all I ask was, God, if I can have Jesus, if he can be my savior, if I can have him, I want him to be in my life. And I tell people, I don't know if I cried for three minutes, five minutes or 30 minutes. But I know when I got up off of that bunk in 308, I knew that the person that I was then was a totally different person than that one that came in there. I knew then that Jonah Martin, the, the, the wannabe murderer, Jonah Martin, the wannabe gangster, Jonah Martin, the wannabe hustler, I knew that that person was finished, that that person never again would be active in my life. And folks, that was 28 years ago. I got out of prison in 1998 with $100 in my pocket. And I've never been back to never been back in a criminal mindset. No drugs, no alcohol, no cigarette. Been married to my my wonderful wife for 23 years. Have raised five daughters. Been in my same home going on 20 years. Been here at jail ministry for 21 years. And I tell people the reason why I share that is because God is able to turn your life around. God is able to establish you. And that's what I love about when you're reading the word of God. God's word makes our lives make sense. And if it wasn't for a soldier, he doesn't even know. For us, I know this soldier doesn't even know. He could have left Bell County Jail in 1993 thinking, what a waste. But it wasn't a waste. Because of that soldier, I am who I am today. Because of that soldier coming and telling me that God loved me. And not only did he say he loved me, but he showed me that God demonstrated that love toward me. How did he demonstrate it? In that while I was yet sinning, he killed his son, Jesus. That's the love of God. That's the message that we should take to people. A lot of times people are taking these messages that, that kind of put the cart before the horse. But in reality, if God loved you so much that he killed his son while you're sinning, then why do you let sin separate you from the love of God? How can you live out the reality of Romans 8 when Paul says nothing can separate us from God's love? How can you do that if you truly believe? One of the things I've come to realize is this. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And that's where I'm at today. And I pray that's where you are today. See, you can't love yourself so much that you don't share with people the your testimony. Your testimony could be what drives people to the blood of Christ when you tell them how God changed your life. So many people say when I share with them that I haven't relapsed, I haven't been back on drugs, I don't I haven't been back into cigarettes and drugging and all of those things. I had to get married because I I love women and I I wanted a family. I really wanted a family and God gave me five daughters and I got to see God do some great things. And and one of the things I'm gonna share with you is if you haven't come to that place to where you truly have received the gospel, the true gospel that says that God loves you and proved it. He loved you while you had no strength. He loved you while you wasn't ungodly. He loved you while you were sinning. So don't let any of those things separate you from the love of God. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will love you. And I and my father will come and make our abode with you. Paul says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if we should confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, only because we believe in our heart that God have raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What is your confession today? What is your testimony? And if you haven't overcome by the blood, then your testimony is lacking. 
and you you have to get there and that's why some people when they are covered by the blood and they have overcome they don't do the last part they become ashamed to tell people that they used to live ungodly lives that is amazing to me I talked to a couple of the other day and, and we're running out of time but I talked to a couple of the other day and this is what I had to tell that person I says you know the person that you're ashamed of that's the one that Jesus came to die for so why are you ashamed of him? and if you believe this then guess what Old things shall pass away. All things shall become brand new. I pray in the name of, of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into the full knowledge of this teaching and of this lesson. Look at your testimony. Make sure it's about the blood. And make sure you don't become ashamed to tell people when the blood was applied to your life and where you was at and what was going on. To God be the glory for the wonderful things that he has, he's going to accomplish in and through your life. That's my prayer for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I hope that y'all tune in again. Uh, I, I pray to come back and we're going we're gonna to look at this here. Remember what I started off with. Do you know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and understand that they're called according to his purpose? If you do, then that means that not only are you going to start tuning into this, but you're going to take some of the verses that I shared with you and you're going to go back. You're going to you're going to take parts of my testimony. Go back. When when is the last time you read Mar Matthew, Mark, Luke and John? When is the last time you really read about your savior? Get to know him and begin to look at your life. Follow in his footsteps. And you can't do that in and of yourself. You must do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus says, when you believe, you must receive. You have to receive him. And once you receive him, he empowers you to be successful at the things of God. You will follow Christ in all things and you will be a blessing to other people. Now, you tune back in and we're going to go into Romans 8:28, and we're going to look at how to operate in the love of God, which causes faith to take you to another level. Until next time, God bless you.